On this episode of Get Up Pod, we talk about our season opener against the Minnesota Vikings. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at The Packers Pod. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Yo, 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 yo. It's football season. We're talking real football. Let's go. Did, did you hear that call? That's Alan Lazard. Thousand, thousand yards, ten touchdowns. <laughs> well, I think he'll at least have fourteen hundred. Wide receiver one. Uh, we've already we've already dazed and confused Ryan. He's like, yeah, yes, it's a practice even, report, right? Yeah. <laughs> Is it an ankle? Is it a foot? Is he playing? I don't think. I mean, he's we can, strong start to yeah. a fourteen hundred yard campaign. We can start right there. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, let's just let's just pull the bandaid off and be done with it. There is 53 people on this roster, and only one of them is not at practice. That <laughs> is Alan Lazard. And if you had who, to guess four weeks ago, who wouldn't be at practice in week one? Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari. Uh, Tunyon. Uh, Crosby looks questionable. Uh, nope, it's your wide receiver one you talked about all offseason. And we joked about it because the the three gentlemen on this podcast are also in two uh, separate fantasy football leagues. And both draft nights, we laughed at how long it took for the wide receiver, one of the Packers to go, which was just about the 12th round. And it was by Homer Packer people. Pretty confident MVS went above Alan Lazard in a couple of leagues. Absolutely. Okay. Can I get the Bills back up tight end before Lazard goes? I'm in one league where no Packer wide receiver was taken. Why would you? <laughs> oh, God. We're jumping right into the negatives. But, hey, real football's here. Rivalry, NFC North, division game in Minnesota. we got to hear that stupid horn and skull clap. Week one, Zadarius is getting us started with some some little quotes, some billboard quotes. Chalkboard quotes? What do they call them? Locker room quotes? Billboard material. That's it, boys. Boy. It's been my off season too. Do you, how I mean, I know that uh, it came out and he was harsh, and the Packers pretty much admitted that it was all true. And then he kind of backtracked. <laughs> but like, what else is he gonna say? Do you know what I mean? Like, what else is he gonna say other than like, is he gonna be like, I just hope it's a really great game. Maybe we'll win. Like, what else is he possibly gonna say other than like, look, I'm with the Vikings now. I don't like how it ended. Like, wh- how else is he going to say it? I, I still think there's more to the story. Why Why didn't he have surgery in the offseason when he could barely move week one? Um, I, I think it has something to do with his final year in his contract, you know, not wanting to get seriously hurt, you know, for his future. But, yeah, how this whole thing went down is crazy. I'm happy they didn't sign him. We got to bring back Campbell and Douglas because of it. Farewell. We liked you while you were here. Not sure what happened at the end, but let's this just is, go. This is the guy that got pulled over with teammates in the car and like yeah, took all the weed him on off. him. Yeah. yeah, so like he was well respected in the locker room. So what I'm really intrigued by is 
what is the moment he's remembering of walking around Lambeau, you know, the halls of Lambeau going through PT and somebody not talking to him? I imagine, like, my hypothesis is that the GM wasn't talking to him. Goody's just like, I don't know, man, contract year, you're rehabbing. Like, I'm gonna just going to deal with your agent and let you do your thing. And he didn't even rehab with the team. He, he was, wasn't was even with the team most of the year. Yeah, and this was a, a, a player favorite, a fan favorite, a captain of the team. So LaFleur and Rogers sort of laughing at it and just being like, that's not how I remember it. I'm just going to be a homer and say that that's not how I remember it either. But it's it's making for some great fodder week of it. That's kind of the one thing I'm fearful of Zadarius just showing out in week one against us. I think the moment that it turned for him is when he saw how flippin' ripped Gary was, and he knows I'll never compete with that anymore. My my time's done. I look at this gentleman. Scissor hands. <laughs> he saw them scissor hands. <laughs> but it's, oh man, uh, there's a joke to be made, and I am not gonna make it. So. <laughs> We we turn our attention to this game in the last 20 meetings between the Green Bay Packers and the Vikings. The Packers have won 10 and they have tied twice. Uh, this is also in that same span, the third time that we're playing them in September. So the Vikings come into this year, eight and nine last year, lots of ups and downs because they were banged up. And if you remember correctly, they found awesome ways to lose early. They had the Cincinnati game. Uh, that went into overtime that they ended up losing. They lost by like two to the Lions. Like they easily could have had uh double digit wins and been a a strong playoff team, and instead they kind of just dwindled and limped around. And it was what it was. But they seem healthy. They have a new coach. They have new players, and uh, they have the same old quarterback though. So what we're gonna do is unlike last year, especially since it's early on. We're going to kind of go positional group by positional group. Who are we taking? We are going to leave our biasness at the door and give you our honest opinion. So let's start with QB. All right, so it's Rodgers. Next group. (laughs) (laughs) But how do we feel about Kirk Cousins, who he he usually floats around a dozen interceptions. He cut down down to seven last year. He's got a, a stellar group. Do we have any confidence that this guy who has been named on multiple people's dark horse list for MVP has what it takes for an afternoon game in Minnesota. Yeah, uh, definitely has what it takes. Um, If the Packers don't create pressure, he could cause problems. Uh, There's a lot of talent on this offense. I say it every year. I think I've said it the past three years. I don't understand how this team hasn't made the playoffs on paper. It's one of the best offenses that you see and they just can never put it together. But Kirk, Kirk can get it done. Now, will he? I doubt it. And the put it together <laughs> maybe was solved in the offseason with Kevin O'Connell coming through as head coach, fresh off of a Rams Super Bowl. So um, that part's got to make you a little uneasy. Week one at home. I've even seen the Vikings picked as some people's Super Bowl favorite from the NFC. Uh, you know, it happens every year that they say someone's going to unseat us in the NFC North. But to say they're the Super Bowl favorite – I guess speaks to, you know, on paper, all the talent that's there, right? Speaking of fantasy picks, they have multiple fantasy picks on offense where the Packers, you focus on the running back. So uh, Kirk can definitely put it together, especially early in the year. It's it's later in the year with those tiny hands. You start to worry about them. I always have to have a tiny hand. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting. Kirk Cousins is 500 on week one games. Aaron Rodgers is 10 and 4. 
So I, hmm. Aaron, more often than not, I think it kind of gets overshadowed with how atrocious his uh, week one la- was last year. But overall, Aaron gets it done in week one. I honestly, with it being this early on the road, I almost consider this quarterback situation a wash. Like, yes, no. I would take Aaron Rodgers for the year, but in this singular game, I don't. I wouldn't totally surprise me if Cousins has a great game. It's yeah. not a wash. It's Rodgers. I can't believe we talked about it for this long. All right. <laughs> on to the running backs. Running back, Delvin Cook uh, seems healthy. And the one stat that I wanted to bring up is we mentioned this new Minnesota coach when he was with the Rams previously. The top two running backs had something like 180 receptions out of the backfield. Delvin Cook last year at 35. So oh. this dual threat that is mean when he is healthy really didn't get the touches that he was looking for and it mm-hmm. actually year over year kept reducing and kept reducing and kept reducing and that's what happens when you have Jefferson and Osborne and all these guys on the outside but it's no match for Dylan and Jones and I hope we all feel that same way 100% they're going to do some fun things with Cook though this year I think a lot of his injury has been because they've been running him so much between the tackles you know, get him out in space, let him do his magic where he's best with his speed. But, you know, they're going to struggle in the in the beginning parts of this year, you know, just learning Kevin O'Connell's offense and changing up their system. I mean, it's a drastic change that they're probably going to go through, um, especially with the running backs. But, yeah, our running backs all day. It's going to look like our system. Um, yep. I think it's our running backs all day because of the second running back. Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook are kind of interchangeable, but it's fitting that Alex Madison's number is now two because he's probably half of what Dalvin Cook is, number four. (laughs) You see what I did there? (laughs) He probably weighs half of what A.J. Dillon weighs, too. Yeah, but we got two running backs that should be putting up 1,000 all-purpose yards, you know, over five touchdowns apiece easily. Um, So it's Dillon outweighing Madison that gives us that advantage in that position. But the next position. Mm. Uh Uh-oh. It's maybe like the one that skews mm-hmm. the entire game. <laughs> I mean, when you look at wide receiver, they've got two bona fide all pros in Thielen and Jefferson, and then guys that can do some damage when you focus too much on those first two. And Osborne, they just traded for Jalen Rager out of Philadelphia. Um, don't forget Jalen Naylor also. Don't don't confuse with Rager. Um, I forget Jalen Naylor. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. He's second on a wide receiver. I am very worried about that rookie. Uh, but uh, speaking of rookies, it looks like we're going to be leaning on ours. It's not going to be good. And here's the crazy thing that I'm going to make a prediction on the Viking side. Jefferson is number one all day. I love Adam Thielen. But I actually think that K.J. Osborne is going to get more yards than him this year. I think Thielen still gets more touchdowns, but Osborne will get more yards, which is scary to say when you they they have an almost underrated wide receiver room. And I think now that the Rams have kind of blown up and OBJ got hurt and all that kind of stuff, like, are, is this the best wide receiver crew in the NFL? Top three. I, I mean, they're consistent. You, you don't feel like they're going to have these big drops. They're, they're going to find their ways. And the fact that feeling can do all these slant patterns, it's just it is going to be night and day difference when you look at 
the routes and the abilities between these two groups. And this it, on paper, out of all these positions and everything we're going to talk about, this is the most stark difference. And it's not even remotely close. Yeah. Luckily, you know, on the other side of our defense, it's probably our strongest position exactly. group on defense. Exactly. So luckily we are built for stopping this. Minnesota. Luckily, hopefully we should be good. The comparison of best wide receiver group in the league is interesting. I, the Rams just came to mind of Cooper Cup, Cincy. Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson. Let's just call them same. Adam Thielen, Allen Robinson. Yeah, I think Robinson could outperform him this year if Thielen starts showing some age. But let's just then, call them yeah. same. And then you're looking at KJ Osborne versus like a Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson, yeah. Pretty yeah, comparable. I think Cincinnati's a good one too. Like, yeah, it's there. It's just. I will say the uh, outside of that team in Chicago between Detroit uh, and their draft thing lately and the Vikings, they're the young studs of the, the NFC North are in two cities and in two cities, there is not a whole lot. So moving on, let's talk about this offensive line. Wait, that, wait what about the tight ends? Don't forget about the best position uh, in the world. No, that's receiving. Nah, receiving, oh. Cora. It's a wash anyway. That's a They're wash. about a wash, yeah. All right. They're gonna Offensive line, for the Vikings, it always seemed like one of those teams that uh, any given weekend they're good, and any given weekend Kirk Cousins is in the fetal position, at tiny hands holding on for dear life. So I'm going to obviously give this to the Packers. Well, this is also the assumption that Jenkins and Bakhtiari are back. But even if not, I feel like if they can keep the momentum from how they ended the season, I, I still think that they, they take this one. Um, but we'll we'll see. How about, what do you guys say? It's fully on the assumption of Bakhtiari and Jenkins being back. I mean, Stenovich is still there, the last year's O-line coach, this year's offensive coordinator. But if you walk into Minnesota with Daniil Hunter and Zadarius coming off the edges with Yash Nyman and Zach Tom or Rashid Walker at tackles, that'd be pretty bad. So good news is all things look like those guys are playing. I'm expecting a pretty good year out of Josh Myers. And then your guards, they look about average. And then you compare that to the Vikings, like Bradbury, we made a lot of fun of early on in his career. Kenny Clark had a field day with him, but he's definitely gotten better and held his own specifically in those games against the Packers. And Ezra Cleveland's pretty good. Uh, out of their left guard, but their right side, they're starting a rookie at right guard. Um, that's definitely a spot where it's a strong suit of our defense too, and a spot I fully expect them to run stunts, do those uh, those mob looks where you got a bunch of guys standing and make that rookie diagnose who's coming his way because that's where you should be able to get some pressure. Yeah, uh, I think our offensive line all day, especially when healthy, um, and especially in this matchup when they're going against our defensive line and their defensive line versus ours, I just think that we have more power. We have more push. Yes, they got some guys on the edge, but they're weak up the middle. So, Well, Myers wasn't necessarily uh, blowing the doors off the place in preseason. There's a lot. Oof, of, yeah. yeah. yeah so. <laughs> I'm still expecting a good year out of him. <laughs> and historically, no matter how that line's performing, like Dalvin Cook is a Pro Bowl running back, and against the Packers, we've held him in check. And I'm knocking mm-hmm. on wood as I say that, but – um, I like if if you were playing position against position the way we're doing it on the podcast, I like the way the offense grades out. But that wide receiver disparity is gigantic. They're also going to have to watch that right side of Alexander flying like a bazooka from the outside. 
It happened oh, yeah, once. For safety. It'll never happen again. <laughs> <For safety. laughs> so let's switch over to the defensive side uh, and the D line. And I guess we can some in some ways include the outside linebackers. Uh, Minnesota's got some studs. There's no doubt about it. But this will be our first time seeing our D line at probably the deepest they have ever been. Yeah, do yeah. we want to include outside linebackers in this? No, leave the linebackers with the linebackers. <laughs> okay, so just D line. D line, ours dominates. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> there is no question. I think our three backups are better than their starters. Wow! Oh wow! No, we go. <laughs> Show everyone what you're drinking tonight. What is it? Remember when we Walk, started this conversation by? My Josh and I admitting that Cousins Rogers for this game might be washed, and then we went straight for the yeah. uh, bias. Five minutes trying to give Kirk Cousins respect. <laughs> what just happened to that? All right, so their D line, their listed unofficial depth chart: Jonathan Bullard, Harrison Phillips, and Dalvin Tomlinson. Nice guys, they can hold their own. But yeah, if you compare them to what we're expecting out of uh, Kenny Clark and Jerron Reed as our starters, and and being you know, having more depth along that line, you expect our line to have a little more success, hopefully, than theirs. I, I would give the Packer the advantage. Yeah, I, I, I think this is this is where we attack the Vikings, right up the middle, right up the gut with A.J. Dillon, get Aaron Jones outside with the speed. I mean, they are going to attack the middle. I mean, no doubt. Except both their safeties are going to be in the box waiting for us because they don't have to guard anyone all day. <laughs> That's when Romeo comes to play, right? Yeah, dubs for they 150. Just do a goal line stance in every play. Like, all right, <laughs> line. This, this outside linebacker crew, though, uh, Hunter and Smith, Patrick Jones, I actually think, is a really good stud player, and he's, he's the second uh, fiddle to this group, which is kind of amazing. So, I mean... Will Gary continue to progress? Will Preston Smith continue to show what he did last year, not two years before? Are we going to get some love out of these new additions and how we're switching things up? Is is our, our draft picks going to Garvin or yeah Garvin from two years ago, uh, Kingsley this year? Like mm-hmm. we're giving this to Minnesota, right? But yeah, thank you. There's a yes. possibility. There's okay, a possibility. Okay, wow, Josh said it too. Yeah, I think I think by week eight, you know, I just threw that out there as the middle of the year. But whenever you play the Vikings next, you might give this position back to us. But on paper, historically, uh, their guys produce their veterans. Uh, There's something to respect. Neil Hunter and Zedarius off the edge and Eric Mm -hmm. Hendricks and Jordan Hicks in the middle Mm -hmm. with backups. You mentioned Patrick Jones, Troy Dye. Uh, They got guys that can Samoa. Yeah, you you just call out every rookie. Big fan of the rookies. Someone's been playing a little Madden. They're they're deeper than us and and they're historically uh, more consistent than us. We're we're hopeful for our guys, but they need to show it. Yeah, no, and, and you're just like you guys said, Patrick Jones. They're going to have Hunter Smith and Jones on the field at the same time, uh, displaying their athleticism. The Delaney Hunter uh, can easily Daniel? go in. Sorry, Daniel Hunter. Can you think easily, it's Delaney Walker? You're trying to get some yeah, Titans. I in was, there? I was, I was. <laughs> Um, but he, he can easily move inside and play that defensive end and stuff the run a little bit. So, yeah, they, they got us all day in this position, but hopefully we still get some pressure off the edge. We need it in this game. I think it will be interesting, though. Let's say Campbell comes back and he's Superman again. With the 
team like this that we know is going to get the backfield more involved, there's probably going to be a lot more screen plays. Quay Walker is going to get thrown into his first NFL game and have to make some sideline to sideline plays. And that's what I'm really, really excited about. I think Minnesota is great. And I'm not saying that the Packers are going to match that right now, as Dan mentioned, but Quay Walker could put a stamp of I am in the NFL and this would be the perfect team to do it against because if he gets run over, if he's not getting, you know, past that line, it it could be a a long game of assuming that the Vikings kind of switch it up and don't go Zimmer ball where it's. I think he'd be on a short leash. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Chris Barnes would be in by the middle of the second if they see Quay getting eaten up by guards. Yep. Correct. I, I, but I still can't wait to see Quay Walker and Campbell line up together. I, I'm going to be so through the roof having. I mean, Quay Walker is a beast. Oh my gosh, he's so big. <laughs> Just all football, all Sunday. I'm going to be so excited. <sighs> okay, that was a weird noise for a football podcast. <laughs> Just even 24 hours from now, we get to sit down for Rams versus Bills. Like, I'm so excited. I'm going to have to go to the butcher shop and pick out some some good grilling meats for the weekend. And then we have the secondary, which Minnesota, again, Harrison Smith, I I mean, he's the dude. They included a new addition with Patrick Pearson, which I am honestly not 100% sold on. I'm I'm interested to see what happens. But the stud of the secondary is a guy by the name of Chanton Sullivan, who is the uh, (laughs) backup (laughs) quarterback. (laughs) But, I mean, as much as we joke, uh, I mean, our top five, our top five, in terms of safeties and quarterback play are just the now, dudes. They're the dudes of this team. They had Pat Peterson last year. Uh, he yeah. Didn't, yeah. Didn't make much of an impact, but Dantzler, he's the guy that did a pretty good job against Devontae. You know, we'd always be excited about Devontae's going to have a field day and we'd come out of the game both times last year with like, uh, Dantzler actually did good when he was matched up against. <laughs> yeah. Him. I watched the final game and uh, rewatched it and he was covering Devontae a lot and he had him covered. But the throws mm-hmm. that Devontae was catching were like in, in the perfect spot with by Aaron Rodgers. Even though he was covered, they were still getting success on him. But you're right. He 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 had a very good, you know, not great, very good rookie year. And I think he's gonna build off of that. But you're right, Patrick Peterson did not show up last year. Um he he was on and off the injury list. But uh this the secondary Harrison Smith is a the name of the past. You know, last year you started to see he wasn't playing as good. And they drafted the, his replacement. Yep. I am I am a biggest Harrison Smith fan, but I think he starts to see less and less playing time this year. Um it will be interesting to see this this defense of the Vikings isn't what we're used to, even though there's familiar names. It's it's gonna be a lot different of a look compared to what we've seen in the past, you know, from the Vikings, you know, it's probably similar to what the Packers are, you know, Mike Pettin is their assistant head coach. Um, but it'll be interesting so, to see if they can still have success. It's so incestuous within the divisions. So we've, we've gone on record saying the secondaries, we give the Packers the leg up here, right? Yep. I would say not from a depth perspective. Starters. You know, as soon as, as soon as, you're in our backup safeties, uh, I start to get nervous. But, yeah, they can't compare to Jair Stokes and Rasul Douglas for your top three corners. And Amos and Savage, I'm expecting big year out of Savage. Uh, that's a guy that's definitely on a prove-it kind of year. Um, but for both of these teams, I know our wide receiver core isn't as heavy. or you know, It's not as strong as Minnesota's, but 
tell me why you wouldn't try to go four or five wide and get their rookie backups on the field and mm-hmm. see if you see if you can get them in a one on one against Mercedes Lewis, Tanyan if he's playing. Heck, Romeo Dobbs, rookie on rookie, and just see if you can expose something there. So uh, once you go past the starters on either secondary, there's there's a reason to be watching those matchups. And like you mentioned, between Pearson and Smith kind of aging, Hunter only played seven games last year. Zadarius only played two games. Like, there, there's still reason to believe that while Josh mentioned the names are there, I mean, it could very well knock on wood. I hope it happens. There could very well be a chance that our offensive line holds up fairly well because those guys aren't up to speed that they need to. And you have a, a guy like Dobbs that just has success early and it's just the hot hand. I, and it's not totally out of the realm of possibility. With a new coach, the offense is trying new things, but not all the way up to what they'll be later in the year. And the defense is made up of a whole lot of guys that struggled last year, whether it was with player injuries that are coming back in their first game. Like, I don't know. It might actually work out that this ends up being our first game of the year. Like, it just might work out perfectly for it. But with that, to our first prediction. Prediction first game of the 2022 season, starting with score, and then who is your MVP? I'm going to go first, and you'll understand why after I say it. Uh, But I'm going to start, A, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think both defenses should have more success than the offenses. Uh, we, We sort of talked through that already, specifically in the passing game. Their strength against our strength, our weakness against their strength, probably. Um, so if we're forced to run the ball, they should be stacking the box. I just think there's, and then there's going to be those miscommunications that you see in week one Offense is figuring it out new head coach for the Vikings. So I think it's gonna be low scoring. And honestly, I have to start with a Packer loss here because I just don't know how we have enough with a four time, mm. four time MVP quarterback and two great running backs. I don't know how we throw the ball at all. And it's the modern day NFL. So even their great wide receivers against our great secondary it's so hard to play defense in this league. There's going to be pass interference penalties. They're going to get some guys open. They're going to have a new offense that we haven't been able to scout that well. I got Vikings 24, Packers 20. So close game, single score game, but definitely the under on the Vegas numbers there. And don't forget special teams. I'd hate for that to be a way to lose a game in week one. Can you just imagine how we'd log into this next podcast? Uh, and I always hate picking MVP when you predict a loss, but uh, if we win our MVP, definitely Aaron Jones. That The weakness up the middle, like Josh talked about, uh, I just love his running style. It feels like every time he gets hit, he's just slippery, and he finds a way to be falling forward at a weird angle for two more yards. And against this interior, this defense, I think you can pull that off. So I'd yeah. be looking for him to have 80 or 90 rushing yards, four or five catches, a couple touchdowns if we win. Yeah, some of his best games come against the Vikings. Uh, he, he has their name dialed up every year, it seems. Um, I, I'm opposite. I, I do think the Packers pull this off. Um, you know, I I think the the key is beating these linebackers of, of the Minnesota Vikings for our offense. We, we They're going to be aggressive. They're going to want to sack Rodgers. They want their name. They want that highlight. So play into their aggressiveness. Go up the middle, attack the linebackers, force them into coverage, make them uncomfortable, 
and and see how they respond. You know, do they do they continue to blitz? Do they continue to come heavy at Rodgers or do they finally drop back and then we can get some some run? Um, but I honestly, where I think we thrive in this one is our defense is going to nominate. I think they're going to live up to this offseason hype. I think they're going to bring a ton of pressure um, from multiple positions, just like you guys said, corner, free safety, linebacker. I think they're going to be blitzing anyone and everyone this year. Um, but like you said, trusty number 17 isn't there. So low scoring game. I'm going the under two. Green Bay 23, the Vikings 17. Um, I think there's multiple turnovers where we get it in, you know, 30, our 30 about to score. And, you know, we don't we don't put it in. So we get more field goals in that way. Um, but because of that, MVP, Rasul Douglas, he's picking up right where he left off. He's getting an interception to help the struggling offense to score. So interception and a couple tackles for Rasul Douglas, MVP. Ooh, ooh. <sighs> My initial prediction was actually the same as uh, Dan's, in which it was Aaron Jones, but we still lost 27-24. I, I can picture this being one of those half times that we're texting each other going, what a shitty game. This game sucks. Like, I don't – like, it's it's sloppy. It's yes, making bad mistakes. I, I, could, I could just picture it being a scenario where it's just like, this is not – this is not happening. And so um, – if I had to uh, give my final prediction, I, I still don't think the Packers pulled off. It's just going to be it's going to be one of those that it'll be a good thing when we leave going, well, that couldn't have gone any weirder. We'll get him next time. Um, but I'm actually going to say that my MVP is Sammy Watkins. I think that this guy is going to find some stuff. Week one hero. He's come yet, to the dark yet. side. I know that to hit Josh's prediction, he needs something like 230 yards per game. So he's going to get <laughs> off on the right foot and make sure it, it happens. But I, I think he's just going to be – he's going to be um, this game's release valve. He's going to find ways of chipping away. It's not going to be anything deep or anything spectacular, but just a guy that Rodgers feels comfortable with saying, we're going to get these 8 yards, we're going to get these 12 yards, we're good. Um, but, yeah, if our if our backfield isn't going – from week one, this could be a interesting beginning of the season because uh, we we got to show we got to show some pushback of the line and everything else. But man, what what's your what's your panic button if our if we can't move the ball through the air? Is, are we hitting the panic button right away? Not me, because I expect it. I expect that to be a yeah. Problem. Yeah, I I really do think it's it's going to be one of those things of if Aaron Rodgers can get in a groove. I think we have all the confidence in the world because it's like we're talking this all this offseason. We're talking about who the hell is he going to throw to if he starts it with a nice, clean, like 12 for 15, you know, 130 yards. You go, we're we're going to be OK this year. We're going to be OK. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think it's key. Matt LaFleur is going to come into play here and his play calling is going to be very important with these young players and putting them in positions to succeed and not asking too much. So. I'm interested to see because you can't just be like, all right, 17, take, take it over. We need to drive down the field. Yeah. You know, you, you got to call plays more strategically. I do typically give them that credit specifically against the Vikings, but they now have a guy from that same coaching tree with that same style of offense. So, um, if, if he can pull off the same thing on that side, he's got more talent to work with and our defense yeah. hasn't been able to scout his play calling style, except for when he's with the Rams, right? With an entirely different roster. So I was this close to going like 17, 13. Like 
I'm fairly confident on a low-scoring game if you're not getting that week one weirdness. But I just couldn't come into week one and be like, 30 total points. It's going to be a snoozer. <laughs> Every week. 30 but I see the defense is uh, having success. Which means it'll be a close game. And it'll come down to something that happens with like a minute and a half left. Yeah, I just feel like Minnesota always steals a game from us every year. Is they steal a game from us? It just just feels like it would be this game. It would be this game. So, but that'll do it for this episode. Uh, hopefully, we start off on the right foot, not the Lazard foot, and we'll catch Ooh. everybody next week. Go Pat, go. Oh.